Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com slash began. Send messages to the show on Twitter, at go for again. And why did it? On Twitter, at go for Gant. Give me a follow. G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Also, head to the website, go for Gant Sports, where we continue to talk sports and have fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Chiefs Corner, Steve Nelson. And Steve is going to talk to us about the season that he had with the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, what the Chiefs may need to do to take that next step. And can they take that next step? So we'll talk to Steve Nelson about that. So also, as we go throughout the course of this hour, we're going to talk some March Madness. Of course, we got to talk some LeVar Ball. I mean, LeVar Ball is just moving the needle. When LeVar talks, people listen. And when LeVar talks... He just talks and talks and talks and says some interesting things. So we're going to talk LeVar Ball. Of course, we're going to talk a little NBA. We got a lot to talk about in a short time to get there. Last night, March Madness, it was mad. It was crazy. It was fun. It was exciting. And this is why you love this tournament when you have endings like you had last night. That crazy ending with Gonzaga and West Virginia. You know, that was a fun ending. Xavier, Cinderella story at this point. 11 seed Xavier, now off to the Elite Eight. That was fun. Michigan, their little run has finally ended, and Michigan was hot, and they were moving, man, and their run ended last night. But this is why you love college basketball, and this is why you love this tournament. Because in reality, what happened last night is just be- was just great, man. It was exciting. And the, 
The thing about it all is the finality of it all. Because it's win or go home. It's do or die. And last night, Gonzaga did. Kansas did. Xavier did. And Oregon did. The rest died. But that's the beauty of this tournament. The finality. That is the beauty of this tournament. But you look at this tournament at this point in time, and you know, I'm rooting for Xavier at this point. I mean, 11 C, I'm rooting for Xavier. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for the underdog here. I'm riding with the underdog. That's who I'm riding with. I usually, here's how I usually do college basketball. Obviously, I'm a Temple grad, so I do Temple first. Temple's not in it. I go, you know, big five, you know, city six. You know, I either go Drexel, you know, St. Joe's, LaSalle, Villanova. You know, I, I go that route when Temple goes out or when Temple is not in. Being that Temple is not in, Villanova was the team I was running with this year. Ultimately, Villanova bowed out to Wisconsin. But now, for me, at this point, I go with the underdogs. And right now, that underdog to me is Xavier. You know, also kind of interested in, in, you know, kind of rooting for on some level. And maybe it's because I like to hear his daddy talk and want to see his daddy and continue to hear his daddy talk craziness. That's the ball. That's LeVar Ball. That's Lonzo Ball in UCLA. A part of me wants UCLA to continue on so I can hear more LeVar Ball. I'm not tired of LeVar, LeVar Ball. I'm not tired of him right now. Not yet. I'm not tired of LeVar. And LeVar says the darndest things. LeVar says things that make you say, hmm. LeVar makes, says things that, you know, have you thinking, what is he thinking? And so LeVar has said some crazy things. LeVar, who, was at, who averaged two points per game during his college career, LeVar said, LeVar Ball said he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. <laughs> you know, all you can do is laugh at LeVar because at the end of the day, Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. LeVar Ball averaged 2.2 points per game during his college career, during his illustrious college career. <laughs> but I look at LeVar Ball, and I think at the end of the day, this is just who, who he is. He, he was this guy before, you know, Lonzo Ball, you know, got all the, you know, the, the pub and everything. Uh, he was that guy before his sons, LiAngelo and LaMelo, were getting the pub. He was that guy. And it's been that guy for probably his whole life. You know, also the thing about Lamar, <laughs> uh, you know, this guy, obviously he believes his son Lonzo Ball is one of the better players 
not only in college basketball, but LeVar Ball believes Lonzo Ball is the best player in the world. First and foremost, you are supposed to think highly of your children. That is important. That is what you are supposed to do. It's a good thing. But anyway, LeVar said straight up, quote, he said to the Time Magazine, to me, Zoe is the best player in the world. Yes, even better than All-Stars LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. I don't know if he can beat them one-on-one, but I know he can beat them five-on-five. Those are the words of LeVar Ball. (laughs) You can laugh now or you can laugh later. But those are the words of LeVar Ball. Oh, man. And you wonder, does LeVar Ball believe what he says? Does LeVar Ball truly believe what he says? I don't know if he does. I just don't know if LeVar Ball believes anything he says. But I do know this. LeVar Ball is trying to sell a brand the big baller brand. He's trying to sell a brand. You know, he's trying to, I believe on some level, maybe try to angle towards a reality show on some level. I mean, I think it it would make for good TV because at the end of the day, Lonzo Ball is going to be a top five pick, maybe number one. His boys, you know, LaMelo and LaAngelo, those guys are, are coming, and they're going to be at a college program at some point, sometime. I mean, his kids don't stink. What, LiAngelo has 72 points in the game, and LaMelo had 92. Then you had LaMelo shooting a half-court jump shot. <laughs> I mean, the, the guys, the kids, his boys, they have talent. They're not scrubs. They don't stink. But to to talk about Lonzo Ball as the best player in the world, that's probably a stretch. That's a stretch. Best player in the world? The best player in the world. (laughs) Anyway, does LeVar believe the things that he says? No, not at all. I, you would he would have to be an idiot if he believed some of the things that he said. He he would have to be an absolute dummy if he believed what he said. He would need some type of psychological testing if he believed what he said. He would need help if he believed what he said. It's unbelievable. And and so the reality of that situation is it's evident. It's obvious. He doesn't believe the things that he says. He can't believe the things that he says. Because if he did believe the things that he said, again, he would need some type of psychological testing. He would need some type of help. He would. 
And so hopefully, if he in fact believes the things that he says, hopefully he gets the help that he needs. Hopefully. <laughs> but obviously when people, when, when LeVar talks, people do listen. You know, he's everywhere. When he talks, it's, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, people talk. When, when he says the things that he says, people, I mean, they, they listen. And I think they listen because of how outlandish the stuff he says, how outlandish it is, how, how crazy it is. I mean, he says, LeVar says the darndest things. He really does. And so, do you believe the things that LeVar says? I would think most of you would say no. But, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just hilarious. It's, it's fun. It's I think it's fun. I, I think he's this is his shtick at this point. It, it, this is all, you know, his MO. This is all branding. This is his branding going on. This is branding going on. And so he's trying to brand himself on some level. He's trying to brand himself. Brand ball, big ball of brand, BBB. This is shtick at this point. This is, uh, this is LeVar, I guess, being LeVar on some level. But I also believe that this is LeVar's chance, opportunity to get a little attention. And at the same time, sell his brand, sell his boys, and keep pushing on. That's what I think it is. That's what I really think it is with LeVar Ball. That's just what it is to me. That's what I believe to be the case with LeVar. We'll see what happens. We'll see how good Alonzo Ball could be. On the next level. I mean, time will be to judge it at, of course. But we'll see what he can do. We'll see what he can be. I mean, obviously, his daddy believes in him. And obviously, he's no scrub. Obviously, he doesn't stink. He doesn't stink. Let's be clear about that. Lonzo Ball does not stink. Now, is he Russell Westbrook? No. Is he LeBron James? No. Could he it, uh, let me. I forgot about this quote. Hey, Lavar said, you know, he could have the, Lonzo could have the same impact as Magic Johnson. And last I checked, Magic Johnson as a rookie played what? All five positions in Game Six against the Philadelphia 76ers in the 1980 NBA Finals. Lonzo Ball can do that. That's the type of impact Alonzo Ball could have? Really? Just something to think about. Just something to think about. Because at the end of the day, yes, Alonzo Ball could be good. Maybe great. Maybe great. But at this point in time, as we speak, ain't no way. Ain't no way that Alonzo Ball is better than Russell Westbrook. Ain't no way Lonzo Ball 
is better than LeBron James. Ain't no way. They had LeVar, Le, LeBron, excuse me, coming for LeVar, you know, talking about, you know, keep my kid's name out your mouth and all this other stuff. I mean, he moves the needle. And again, when he talks, people listen. Let's go to Colin Kaepernick now. I'm done with LeVar. Let's go to Colin Kaepernick right now. Colin Kaepernick, at this point in time, is a free agent. As you know, he opted out of his deal with the San Francisco 49ers, making him a free agent. Spike Lee believes that it's fishy that the Jets or any other team in the National Football League have not reached out to Colin Kaepernick. I mean, Spike might have a point there. Let me say this. Let me say this before. You know, first and foremost, Spike might have a point there. He may. But I will say this. And we got teams out here, general managers, teams saying, you know what? And reports are they genuinely hate the guy. And I'm trying to figure out how can they hate a man who, you know, hasn't been in police blotters. How can they hate a man? Police blotters like that. I know you had that issue a few years back, but I don't believe anything came of that. So how can you look at a man who not only stood up for a cause, but also put his money to that particular cause? How can you hate a man who hasn't, I don't say, you know, obviously the symbol of the flag is a is a symbol that's powerful. It's a very powerful symbol. It's a symbol that means a lot to a lot of people. And I get that and I understand that and I respect that. And I have been on record as saying, I don't know if I would have went about it this way. I don't know if I would have been, if I was Kaepernick, I don't know if I would have been kneeling the way he did. But I didn't have a problem with it either. And I didn't knock his, his protest. And still don't knock his protest because the man has put his money where his mouth is. I will say this. I do find it a, a smidge, maybe a tad fishy that he decided to kind of leak out there, you know, that or whoever, somebody from his team. It's, it was out there. It's leaked out there. You know, there's reports out there that Colin Kaepernick is now going to stand. Now he's not going to kneel anymore. That's the reports. But it, it is a little fishy when you opt out of your deal and now, you know, you're looking to get yourself another job that all of a sudden now you're dropping this protest because at the end of the day last year, you were guaranteed your money was straight. So I, I do find that a little interesting. I, I do. I, I do find it a little questionable. But. But I will say this, he put his money, you know, he put his money to all these different causes. He believes in it. He talked about it. He pushed it and he put his money, you know, to those particular causes. But I will say this, you know, there have been some who have criticized him for not voting. I don't necessarily ride with that either, because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm riding with Kaepernick on that. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you can't criticize anybody 
about voting unless you vote in each and every election. Not just the presidential election. I'm talking about each and every election. If you're doing that, then I'm cool with you questioning him about that. But if you're not doing that, you can't question him. And so, and at the same time, some people could argue that minorities have been voting for years and nothing truly has changed for them. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. But what's really, what really got me, what really got me was the report about Johnny Manziel, according uh, to reports, Johnny Manziel apparently apparently had breakfast with the Saints' Sean Payton, where they talked about his possible return. Now, 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 that could have been just a friendly old breakfast. Maybe it wasn't nothing. Maybe it was something. I don't know. But I will say this. I will say this. If Johnny Menzel, if Manziel gets an opportunity before Colin Kaepernick, I'm going to have a problem with it. I, I, it's going to be hypocrisy. This is a guy, again, Johnny Manziel, who's done nothing in the National Football League on the field and has been a mess off the field. I know he's still young. And I know he played for the Cleveland Browns. So maybe you can give him a pass on some level. Maybe. But he had an opportunity in Cleveland. That could have been his job if he kept everything cool and his life was on the up and up. That could have been his job. That could have been his team. Heck, if he went out there and balled out in Cleveland, that might have been his city. He could have shared it with LeBron. He could have shared that city with LeBron. But he couldn't stop partying. He couldn't stay, you know, out of the club. He couldn't do it. Couldn't stop getting his drink on. He says he's sober now. That's what he tells you. That's what he says. I guess I have to believe it on some level. And believe, you know, that he is actually a sober man. I, I guess I have to believe it. But for him to get another opportunity before Colin Kaepernick, to me, to me, to me, to me, to me, to me, seems unfair. Seems very unfair. And again, I'm not saying Kaepernick set the world on fire last year, because he did. I'm not saying Kaepernick has set the world on fire over the past two to three seasons. I'm not saying that. But I, what I am going to say is, this is a guy, and again, it might have been before the time the read option was figured out, because during that year, RG3 was doing this thing. Russell Wilson was doing this thing. I mean, you know, with that read option. And then it got figured out. And RG3 never was the same after it got figured out. Kaepernick still 
kept it moving a little. We got to remember, Kaepernick took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. We also have to remember that Kaepernick was a Richard Sherman batted ball into the hands of Malcolm Smith away from possibly getting back to a Super Bowl. So he's had success. He's had success in this league. He's no scrub. He hasn't been a scrub, and I don't think he's a scrub at this point in time. I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick is an upper echelon elite quarterback. But if I look at all the starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, I'm going to do this real quick. Do it real quick. Just look around the league. Look at New England. Tom Brady. Of course, I'd rather have him than Cap. Miami. Ryan Tannehill. Probably would rather have him than Kaepernick. Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor. That's close. That's a close one with the Buffalo Bills. The New York Jets. The New York Jets. I mean, Ash McCown? Would you rather have him than Colin Kaepernick? Would you, would, you, would you rather have him than Colin Kaepernick? Would you rather have that? I, probably not. I, I think I'd rather have Cap over a 37-year-old Josh McCown at this point. Just me. Pittsburgh, Big Ben. Give me Big Ben. Baltimore, Joe Flacco. Give me Joe Flacco. Cincinnati. Andy Dalton. Give me Andy Dalton. Cleveland. At this point in time, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. But at this present time, Colin Kaepernick over, I guess, the field at this point. The Houston Texans. Colin Kaepernick. The Titans. I, I like the Titans, and I like Mariota better at this point. The Colts, Andrew Luck, I like him better. The Jaguars, I like Cap better than Blake Bortles. So I've said two teams at this point. We said the Jets, we said the Jaguars, and we also said the Browns, but the Browns are, may do something in this draft. So we'll see. But three teams at this point. Looking at the AFC West, nobody in the AFC West. Maybe Well, Denver. Denver is a team, you know, Paxton Lynch. You know, I don't know what he's going to be. Trevor Simeon. Uh, I, I think I would rather have Kaepernick than that, than, than what they have already in Denver. So that's four teams. Looking at the NFC East. I would take all those four quarterbacks in the NFC East, Dak Prescott, Eli Manning, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz. I would take all those guys over Colin Kaepernick. I look at the NFC North. Packers, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Lions, of course, Matthew Stafford. The Minnesota Vikings. Well, we don't know what Teddy Bridgewater is going to be next year. We don't even know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play next year. That's the, There's a possibility that that could be the case. We also have Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford's not bad. He's not bad. He's not bad. He's not bad. That that's a 
that might be a push. That might be a tie. Look at the NFC South. There's not a quarterback that I would take Kaepernick over. I wouldn't take Kaepernick over Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, Drew Brees, or Cam Newton. And then I look at the NFC West. Seahawks, obviously, I'm not taking, you know, Kaepernick over Russell Wilson. Arizona, I'm not big on Carson Palmer at this point. That's a close one. The Rams, you know, they got golf. So he's progressing. He's developing. Obviously, you were gonna, you're going to keep him in the 49ers. So we left. They don't have anybody at this point. You know, they, they, they do have some people with Barkley this time, Matt Barkley in this offseason. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to make – what, Brian Horner as well? So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in San Francisco. But so just looking, I think I picked about – it was about five teams. About five teams that I would think Colin Kaepernick would be an upgrade. And so that tells me all I need to know. That tells me all I need to know. And it's it's still kind of, you know, still a lot of things can happen. But, you know, Josh McCown, I don't know how, you know, Josh McCown, I don't know that. I, I don't know how Josh McCown is going, you know, to do. Kaepernick is an upgrade over that. I, he most definitely is an upgrade over that. So, I, I mean, I'm looking at. Five teams that I would think Kaepernick would be an upgrade for that particular team. Just to review, the Jets, the Browns, but that could change. The Jaguars, obviously the Texans, that's four. And we'll see what the Texans are going to do. Are they going to be in the running for Tony Romo? Who knows? Um, I guess the Bears, too. I, I, I forgot about this, but what, five teams? Mike Lennon? Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon. And, you know, it's about five teams. Five teams at the end of the day that I think Colin Kaepernick would be an upgrade. Now, uh, I don't know if he's telling teams, like, look, I want to be a starter. I don't want to be a backup. Because I would think there would be a place in the National Football League for Colin Kaepernick as a backup. I would think. Now, again, his goal might be to, you know, his goal, he might be telling teams, might be telling everybody, I'm a starter in this league. I'm not coming into your situation as a backup. I'm not doing it. I'm better than that. Maybe. I don't know. But I will say this. I will say this. I will say this. If, in fact, he is willing to be a backup in this league, he should have a job at some point, at some time in the near future. Obviously, I will be the judge of that. But if Johnny Mantell finds a way to get a job before Kaepernick, NFL, you, we have a problem. But, you know, anytime, see, and I think, quite frankly, 
the Saints will be a good destination for Johnny Manziel. An opportunity, Sean Payton, big-time coach, Drew Brees, a big-time quarterback. You know, Brees and him are, you know, kind of the same height in a lot of ways. You know, you got uh, Manziel six foot, Brees six foot. So, you know, he can learn from a Drew Brees. He can learn from a Sean Payton. That's, those are two guys, good guys, that you can learn from. And so, if you look at it from that standpoint, from that standpoint, if you look at it from that standpoint, I would think, I would think, well, I, to me, the Saints are a good destination for him. They are, no doubt about it. That they, they are a good destination for him. But also, I say this, and, and talking about Kaepernick and Mantell. Kaepernick spoke out, but he spoke out on things that were controversial. He spoke out on things that people just wasn't ready to hear. They weren't ready to hear that. They weren't. They weren't ready for what Kaepernick was talking. They weren't ready for that. And so he alienated a lot of people. A lot of people hate Colin Kaepernick. I don't know why. I don't know why you can hate a guy who is going out there and trying to help people. I don't know how or why you can hate a guy who's putting money here, money there, money everywhere to help people. I don't know how you can hate a person like that. To me, that's backwards. How can you hate a man who's helping others? That doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. Think about the logic. You're hating an individual who is helping people. Think about that. Ponder that. So it's, an, it's a problem. It's most definitely a problem. Do I think Johnny Manziel will get another opportunity? Of course. He's 24 years old. He showed that he's he could do some things on the field. He showed that. So I think there is an, a, another chance for him. And I think, quite frankly, if Colin Kaepernick played better, there would be a market for him as well. But you can justify not giving Colin Kaepernick another opportunity. That can be justified easily. You can easily justify that. Easily. So Kaepernick needed to, to be in a position where there was no way you could question him and his skill set. But at this point, you can throw out legitimate concerns about Colin Kaepernick, his ability in the pocket, or lack thereof. You can throw out legit stuff. You can definitely look, throw out legitimate stuff. But, you know, again, We'll see what happens. Maybe he'll get another opportunity. Maybe he'll get another chance. Maybe he won't. We're going to bring in a guy now. We look at the Kansas City Chiefs last year. They won the AFC West, had a home playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, lost in heartbreaking fashion. You know, that holding penalty on Eric Fisher may not have been a holding penalty, but it was ultimately a penalty that cost the Steelers the game, not the Steelers, the Chiefs the game, and ultimately their season. The Chiefs are a good football team. Andy Reid's a good coach. And, you know, 
this is a team that easily could have been in the AFC Championship game. Not saying they would have beat the Patriots, but I think they would have gave the Patriots a better game than the Steelers ended up giving it. But the Chiefs are a team, obviously, big-time defense. Good defense. I would say big-time, good defense. You know, Alex Smith is steady. You know, he's, he's not a game-changer, but he is a guy that can make plays, and he is a guy that can do some things for your football team. And he has proven, whether it's in San Francisco, whether it's in Kansas City, he has proven on some level that he is a winner. He has proven that. But, again, we'll see what happens. But we're going to bring in a guy now who was a part of that Chiefs team last season and a guy who helped the Kansas City Chiefs win the AFC West again, get that home playoff game, and almost beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, the game they easily possibly could have won. Let's bring him in now. Corner for the Kansas City Chiefs, Steve Nelson. Steve, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. And Steve, you started six, uh, 15 games excuse me, for the Chiefs last season. You made a big jump from your rookie season. Talk about the jump that you made. Oh, man, it was a tremendous jump for me. Um, going from not even playing or, you know, barely playing special teams my rookie year um, until playing every snap uh, of the every game of the season, man. It took a lot of hard work and uh, dedication, you know, to never let that happen again. So it was, it's, it's been great for me. So what did you do in the off season last season to put yourself in that position? The last off season, man, I just kind of, uh, stepped up my training and, uh, you know, just kind of uh, made myself an all-around uh, by um, I, I studied more film, uh, took care of my body more, uh, and I just worked really hard. It really took it serious, man, and got in the playbook. And so by the time when it was time to go back, you know, I, had, I was able to uh, prove to my coaches that I was ready, man. So We're talking to Chiefs corner Steve Nelson. So I look at today's NFL, and obviously the rules favor the offense. So it's tough to right. be a corner in the National Football League. What is the mindset that it takes to be a corner in the NFL? Oh, man, you got to have that savage, that uh, that dog mentality, man. You just you just can't go in there timid. You know, you got to have a certain swagger about yourself just, just, just because, you know, um, things, things are going to happen. You're going to get beat. And uh, I think that was the hardest thing for me coming in, just understanding that everything's not going to be perfect because you have, you know, these other guys get paid too, you know what I mean? So you got to look at it that way and just come back harder, man, and, you know, just just play. For sure, for sure. I mean, mean, you just wonder, you know, just talking about today's NFL, how offensive-centric it is in a lot of ways. I mean, do you get frustrated at times as a defender saying, man, I can't do anything. Everything's pass interference or holding. Oh, yeah, man. That's 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 part of the game, man. They, like you said, they're making it a, a, a super offensive game now, man. And and you just kind of got to, like, you got to practice that way. Like, we practice that way. For, I mean, 
as far as our secondary, like we just try to get as much hands off as possible, you know, so that way when it's come when it comes game time, we're prepared for that. For sure. We're talking to Chiefs corner Steve Nelson. And so you play corner, but you're also back there with guys like Marcus Peters, guys like Eric Berry. What have you yeah. learned from those guys? Uh, I learned a lot from those from those guys, man. Um, those two guys are uh, very good football players, man. Uh, and uh, you just practicing with them and playing with them, you just kind of like you just feel that energy, man. And once you you know you've been around those guys so long, you know it kind of kind of rubs off on you. And um, you know you just kind of pick up certain tendencies of what they see. You know, I'm the same way. You know, they those guys learn from me also, like. They, if I'm doing something that they're not getting, you know, they'll come to me and figure something out. Or if they're doing something I'm not getting, you know, I go to them. So it's kind of like a brotherhood thing, man. For sure. So I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and, you know, this year you guys won the AFC West. Last year you can't, you got in as a wild card team. But this year you won the AFC West, and you had a home playoff game in the divisional round. Ultimately you will lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Have you gotten over that Steelers loss? Um, it's kind of, it's kind of, I'm kind of getting over it, you know, just in the sense that um, I know that there is a next year and we have a good, and um, you know, it kind of, it still leaves a softy taste in my mouth just because I knew our potential that we had um, this past year. But I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what next year brings. So. You look at that final play where Eric Fisher was called for the holding penalty in that particular situation, the two-point conversion. Uh, that had to be frustrating to lose in that way. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know all the details on it, you know, on the actual play or whatnot, man. But, I mean, you know, you hate, to, you hate to, uh, for it to come down to that. But, you know, it's just small things like that when you play when you have two good football teams. Sure. So, how do you guys get to that next level in 2017? Obviously, you've had a lot of success since you've been there over the past two seasons. But how do you guys get to that next level? Going back and watching the film, and I, I think everybody on our team just has to look in the mirror, man, and, and really just find, go deep within and find that, you know, that inner, that inner, uh, extra, you know, that extra push, you know, that you have to give yourself, man, to, to make yourself that much better. You know, I, I think that's what we have on our team. You know, nobody wants to just settle, you know, from from the past. Everybody wants to get better. How close do you think you guys are to winning a title? I think we're real close, man. I think we got a good chance. We, I mean, we have everybody to do it. We just got to do it, you know what I mean? Okay. We're talking to Chiefs Corner. Steve Nelson, and Steve, going back to you now, you took a jump this year, and you became a starter. You know, you played in 15 games. You started 15 games, excuse me. But the next jump is usually that hardest jump, going from a starter to an all-pro or pro bowler. What do you do to take that jump? Uh, Just believe in myself, man. Just Last year, uh, it was my really first time playing, so I was comfortable with just breaking up the pass, you know, not – getting beat, you know, I only gave up two touchdowns uh, the whole year, but just this year, just taking more chances, you know what I mean, just put myself in a, in a better position, you know what I mean? Okay, all right. 
So you feel like once you do that, you can get it to that next level. Absolutely. There was plenty of opportunities. I could have just, you know, went for the ball, but was too nervous, you know, thought I was going to miss it. You know what I mean? But I was just happy with just knocking it down. So I think this year I might have just go for it all. I look at you guys last year and Tyreek Hill, I mean, he just jumps off the screen. He's fast, man. Right. He just, I mean, you see it up close. I mean, describe right. this man. How fast is he? What you're seeing is not an uh, illusion, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's uh, special, man. He got, you know, he's, he's in that class where, you know, that 1% of uh, rare speed, man. I will say that, man. So, I mean, he, he he's done a great job for us all year, and I think the whole league knows it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the things that he did out there was, was amazing, man. He He's a playmaker, a home run hitter. He's big time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, no doubt. So, let me ask you this. Travis Kelsey, I mean, he had a reality mm-hmm. TV show trying to find love. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys make fun of him a lot uh, for that show? Uh, I think a few guys brought it up a couple times, you know. I, I thought it was kind of cool, you know, to have your own show, you know, to be – you know, to, to branch off and do other things besides football. I thought it was pretty cool. So do you have a show in the works, maybe? You know, looking for love on some level? <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm not going to be on one of those shows. I'm going to be on the show, you know, it's probably something else, you know. I, but definitely not looking for love. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this now. I mean, obviously you're, you're in the offseason, enjoying your offseason. You're doing some charitable stuff. Talk about some of the things you're doing. Uh, so actually today, man, I did uh, came back to my hometown and uh, my foundation, which is the Steve Nelson Foundation. We actually funded a uh, uh, track student athlete. Uh, she had like a over a three point five GPA, and uh, she oh, wow. was really. Really, yeah, a great athlete in uh, track. Funded her 5000 to help her uh, go to college, man. It was a great turnout, man. Uh, family came out. Uh, you know, we had the whole, almost the whole auditorium was filled with, you know, just students. So it was a great turnout, man. That's good, man. You're out there doing your thing. So where can fans find information about some of the great things going on with the Steve Nelson Foundation? Uh, I mean, you can go to my Instagram, man. Uh, go to my Instagram and see what I'm doing. Um, I'm having camps also. I have camps for two years. Um, just for, you know, just for young kids coming up. You know, I teach them football skills, teach them life skills. And uh, it's, it's a big turnout, man. Instagram uh, is Stephen Nelson 20. So people can go in there and see what I'm doing. Sounds good, so fans hit him up there on his Instagram. Is that Stephen Nelson twenty, right? There you go. All right, so Stephen Nelson twenty, hit him up on Instagram. Also, Twitter at Nelson Island, where you can mm-hmm. find out some of the great things going on with Kansas City right. Chiefs corner Steve Nelson. So, so what's it like before we get out here? What's it like for a wide receiver on Nelson Island? 
Oh man, he gonna get it. He gonna get his work in, man. It's not gonna be no cakewalk, you know. Uh, I'm not a big guy, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm a fighter, so you know when he watches film, he gonna see that. For sure, Steve. Absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Would love to do it again. Oh uh, man, appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Take care, Steve Nelson, corner. For the Kansas City Chiefs, pleasure talking to Steve. Support all the great things going on with Steve Nelson. I want to go. We got we got to talk about this rest. You know, we've been talking, we've been hearing about rest, and you know, we obviously have a reason to talk about it. Two weeks ago, Golden State against the Spurs. Clay sits down. Steph sits down. Draymond sits down. Iguodala sits down. All right? And then the next week, Bron sits down. Kyrie sits down. Kevin Love sits down. So essentially what you ended up having was two games, primetime games, that were basically exhibition games, that, that, that were basically preseason games, that were basically games that were nothing. Those were nothing games. Nothing games. Really was. And so, you, as an NBA, as a league, you can't have that. You can't have a, a, a situation where your league, prime time, being showcased on national TV, and you have your stars sitting out. You have LeBron James sitting out, probably most the most popular player in basketball. Week before Steph Curry, probably the second most popular player in basketball, and those guys are on the sidelines chilling. LeBron sipping a latte. Steph, chilling. I mean, it's unbelievable to see that situation. It's unbelievable. The league has to do something about it. You know, James Harden says he's not sitting. You know, they got to do something. Here's the thing. You can sit. Fine, I get it. I understand. It's all about winning a championship. And if you miss a game in in, in March, but ultimately that by missing that particular game in March, you win the title in June. Okay, I get it. I understand. It makes sense. And I understand both perspectives. From a team perspective, ultimately the regular season is the regular season, but the playoffs are a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level there. That's another level. You know? Uh, so it, it's preseason, it's regular season, and then it's the playoffs. And that's a season in itself. And so, especially if you're the Cavaliers, because the re- and the Warriors for that matter, because the reality of the situation is your destination is probably the NBA Finals. Your destination is... It's probably the NBA Finals. That is the goal of, you know, what what you're trying to do. And so 
when that's your goal and when your team, like the Warriors, who've been to back-to-back NBA Finals and played a lot of basketball games, I get it. If you're a team like the Cavaliers, you've been to back-to-back Finals and you played a lot of basketball games, I get it. But from the standpoint of the fans, from the standpoint of the TV partners, I get that too. If you're ESPN, ABC, TNT, you don't want to see that. You pay billions of dollars in order for you to to broadcast the NBA. But you're paying those billions of dollars for that star power. You're paying that billion, you know, that billion dollars to see LeBron, to see Steph, to see the, you know, Draymond, to see Clay, to see Kyrie, to see Kevin Love. That's why you pay that money. Not to see Kevin Looney. Not to see, you know, Felder. Not to see Tristan Thompson for that matter. You pay that money to see the stars. And so at the end of the day, something has to be done. It has to be done. And so this is bigger. Well, it's not bigger. I was going to say it's bigger, but let me take that back. You, you, you want to win a championship, great. But you also need the fans. The, the, you need the fans watching so those TV dollars can continue to go up and your salaries can continue to go up and, you know, you can continue to, to be happy. You want that. That's what you want. You want that. Of course. So you... In order for that to happen, you need ratings. And you're not rating if LeBron's not playing. You're not rating if you're sitting out. You're basically getting a B team. You're getting a scrimmage, pretty much. A preseason game. You know, Kay Felder getting a bunch of minutes. That's a preseason game. He's up, I don't want to say for the, well, for the most part, up 30, down 30 type guy. You don't want to see those guys. You don't want to see the up 30, down 30 guys. You don't want to see those guys. You don't. You, you pay money not to see those guys. You pay money to see LeBron. You don't pay money to see Channing Fry and James Jones. And who cares about those guys? Nothing against those guys, but you don't pay your dollars. And they're a lot of money. You don't pay that money in order for you to see those particular guys. You just don't. And that's just the reality of it all. And so the NBA has a problem. The NBA has a situation, and the NBA needs to fix it. Quick. And I think they will. I, I Here's the thing. Here's my thing. Cavaliers were all Friday night, right? Okay. To me, you had two teams. You had the Clippers one night on Saturday. And he had the Lakers on Friday, on Sunday. To me, the easier team to beat out of those two teams would be the Lakers. Now, I'm not saying you're beating the Lakers with, with LeBron out, Kyrie out, and Kevin Love out. But I know you're not beating the, Cap- the, the Clippers with LeBron out, Kyrie out, and Love out. You're not beating the Clippers with those guys out. That's just not happening. Clippers are too talented of a basketball team. You might beat the Lakers. But even that is a, a, a tall, tall order. So 
I look at this and I say the NBA has a problem. I look at this and I say the NBA has a situation. I look at this and I think the NBA needs to find a way to fix it. And I think they'll do it. I think the players know. I, I, I think. And here's the thing. This is why it got, this is why we're talking about it. Because they did it during prime time. They, they did it where you had an opportunity to have the most eyes on the league. Free TV. That is the best, the biggest, the greatest opportunity for everybody to watch the National Basketball Association. So when you got your product out there in front for everybody to see on national TV, free, free TV, got to pay for ESPN, got to pay for TNT. You don't have to pay for ABC. That's free. And so when that's out there, you have the most opportunity for fans to, the, the greatest opportunity for fans to watch the game. And fans don't sit down, relax, chill on a Saturday night to see Kay Felder. Nothing against Kay Felder. They don't see do that to see Kyle Korver, Richard Jefferson. Nothing against those guys. But the reality of the situation is they don't move the needle. The reality of the situation is we're not paying our money to see those guys. We're not. If, if you were getting season tickets, and let's just say you got a 10-pack, and during that 10-pack, you know, 10 games, those 10 games are marquee games, obviously star power games. Obviously, stars are out there. Obviously, stars are playing. And, you know, obviously, you're, you're, you're going to those games to see your team, but also you're going to game to that game to see a star. So let's just say, Let's just say, you know, you paid your money. You know, you got a, a package where all the marquee matchups, where you got Curry coming into town, Westbrook coming into town. You don't pay your money with – you pay the money with the hope of seeing those guys play. Not You don't pay money to see other guys play. So that's the problem. It's an issue. And from a fan perspective, it stinks. From a TV perspective, it stinks. From a league perspective, it stinks. But from an individual team perspective, I understand. I get it. And it makes sense. I want to thank Steve. I want to thank him for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for gant Hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash go for Go to our website, go for sports.com. Also, the show will be simulcast on sftunesradio.radiostream321.com. So make sure you check the show out there Thursdays at 5, sftunesradio.radiostream321.com. So if you missed this show, you can head over there. On Thursdays at five to see to hear this particular show. Wednesday nights, sftunesradio.com. Excuse me, fs sftunesradio.com. 
RadioStream321.com on Wednesdays. Make sure you go there. You can check out the Kenya B Show, and you can support that show at all as well. So, for everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great day. We hope you have a great night. See you later. Take care. Bye. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 